Hello. Hello. Do you like my video? Was, was that a, was? Oh, I thought you were actually in that place. It wouldn't have been cool if I was like that doing would. it on location. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not. Not. Um, I'm in. I I think because every once in a while I got to use Zoom when I'm in a hotel room, and it always makes me like real weird. Like, do people want to see my hotel room? No, no one wants to see that, right? Like, we all know what hotel rooms look like. We all know. Yeah. We all know what, what people do with all of the things in hotel rooms. See the <laughs> principle. Um, and uh, and so so when I when I think I can't remember where I was. Might have been last time I used Zoom on this computer was when we were in uh, in uh, Houston or something together. Anyway, can I tell you something? I've, can I can I tell you how do I sound right now? By the way, you sound a little choppy. Choppy? You got to be kidding me. Sorry, I don't know why I just uh, yelled at you. Um, I am. I have a. I have new internet at my house that is like oh cool crazy fast. Yeah. Oh wait. So, so you're I, at you're at your house. You're at, despite all this hotel room talk, you're right, at your right. house. Yeah. See this? I'll show you. That's my house right there. In wait, the hold video. on. Sorry, quick. I, I was not watching you. I was doing oh, something else. Can you see me? I'm in, in my house, and my microphone is <laughs> isn't that hilarious. <laughs> It's like part of the background. It's like part yeah. of my face is the background. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm sure I can. Uh, I'll, I'll show you what this what this looks like. So, um, okay. So I figured something out. You and okay. I. I have. I've been having not the greatest internet at my house, and we've talked mm -hmm. about this. We've talked about on this the, many times on the podcast. Yes. So I got rid of Euro. I don't have Euro. Anymore. Oh no! And, and and it that was the problem. I had old old Euro. Oh, old Euro. Old Euro, you don't want. No one wants old Euro. I had meet, uh, meet the I, new Euro, same as the old Euro, same as the old. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> same as it ever was. Um, so uh, that we just we just totally confounded two different musical references. Um, yes. So, <laughs> uh, but but I um, so so my it is. I, I talked about it on the podcast. It is like the number one thing that my family yells at me about um, is the internet. Yeah. yeah, there's no Wi-Fi is bad. Something's wrong with the Wi-Fi. What's up with the Wi-Fi? Like this is constant, constant. Oh, I'm not even on the network because it's so terrible. So I, right. I, I, I fixed it in in a few different ways, and then it just got progressively worse. And I went and I got something else now. Um, called okay. uh, yeah, called Deco. It's still mesh. Mm -hmm. Um, but okay. but it's but instead of like I was telling you I had like nine units before, now I get the coverage in the house with three. They're not sponsors, so go get all whatever internet you want, listener. But it's working. But 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 on my university computer on uh -huh. my network, it's gotta go like I think the internet goes like to campus and then it checks around with the all the security people and it's like, Oh, is it okay to record this or do internet here? And then it allows me to get internet. Like there's some slowdown cause I have to log on through VPN yeah. and it's got, to, so, yep. Yep. so I am not like, and I noticed that on a zoom call yesterday in at home, even with my new internet. And now, so I'm using my, my laptop for this, that, and this is what the, what it'll be from here on out is faster internet on my laptop, better, no laggy. Although, do I still sound a little bit choppy or am I, am I okay now? You sound better now. I think what it was is um, Dropbox was on and oh yeah, 
Um, and it was downloading like four days worth of email on this computer because mm. I hadn't done that. Right, because um, you haven't used that computer in a while. Yeah. 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 So so anyway, all that. So all that just a couple of bits of follow up. Um, it's man's assumption, not what man's I call principle. It? Man's principle. Man's principle. Is that okay. something else? Um, is that a is that a real thing? I, that, that didn't give me anything. It was, it was talking about some guy named Horace Man. I don't know who that is. Horace um, Man. <laughs> um, but then also when I Google when I searched for um um uh Deco, it yeah. sends me to a website uh that's tp-link.com. That's it. That's it. And yep. but but TP I'm wondering, like when I look at the deco, it looks like a roll of toilet paper, and yes. the website is called TP Link. And I'm wondering if they're aware of that. I, I I certainly hope so. I have three rolls of toilet paper that are now just sprinkled around my house that are giving me <laughs> internet. That and and as it says on their website, fast, stable, everywhere. Um, and nice. it's working much better. No one's arguing with me about our Wi-Fi being terrible. So. Um, yeah. I'm very, good. I'm very well, happy. I mean, it. most important thing is that your family is not annoying you. Oh gosh. Yes. Well, not, not hey, with that. So, so, you, you know, we've done, we've done 280 episodes of this podcast, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm, I'm really, I'm sad that this will be our last episode, oh, um, no. but What's I'm happening? really happy. Oh Are no, we, we talked about this. I'm really happy that we we've decided, Ben and I have decided, we've talked about this for hours, um, that the food safety content, we've exhausted it all. We've we've reached the oh, end yeah. of the internet um with yeah. to food safety. Um, but we're really pleased to announce our brand new podcast, which is going to be called Department Head Chair Talk. Yes, Department Head Chair Talk is happening <laughs> where, right now. Where you 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 will get together. Not yet, not until July first. Um, yeah, but um, but you and I are going to get together, and we're going to talk about the minutia of being a department head <laughs> and being a department chair, and how they're different. Um, and and I honestly, <laughs> I think people are really going to want to tune in for that because, I mean, what could be more exciting? <laughs> right, right. Well, and I, I mean, people watched the Netflix show, The Chair. Just the, the minutia, the minutia of being a department chair at a yeah. East Coast, uh, 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 maybe Ivy League university that doesn't exist. I think that you know you're you're right yeah. there. Like Rutgers is a East Coast university that does exist. That's not Ivy League. So I feel like you're you, like you are living the chair. I'm in the South. Well, I, yeah. I mean. Like just to be just to be clear, um, we were asked to join the Ivy League and we said no. Oh, you get you. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, diss the Ivy League. You're like, sorry, yeah, we yeah. don't need you. Oh yeah, man, yeah. But well, it, it turns it turns out um, the Ivy League is is just a football league, and by football I mean American football, um, yeah, not soccer, not, not football. Football is that that's how my football my, is life. Football is life. That's how my Dutch my Dutch grandmother who would say schmacklek, uh would would also she would also talk about uh, uh, the the uh, Netherlands uh, footballers. That's that's my best uh, Dutch Dutch accent. So Dutch I, it's it's. I'm glad that you mentioned your Dutch grandmother. What was what was her name? Her her last name. Her Dutch name. Uh, Jaspers. You can say. Yeah, I can. Yeah. I can. It's not going to obsec me now. She's okay. uh, she passed away in uh, 1993. I think. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Jaspers. 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 Nice. Uh, nice. Um, Agnes. Uh, Maria. Oh. Teresa. Jaspers. Chapman. Oh man. Yeah. Also known in my family. Grandma Aggie. 
Never went by uh, Agnes. Agnes. No, yeah, no one called her Agnes. Yeah. She was always a- Aggie. Which, Aggie. until I, w- I was about nine, I thought her name was Eggie. Like the <laughs> like like the food. My own grandmother. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, we're uh, we're in uh, we're in Dutch grandma talk now. Um, she, uh, uh, my parents just were in uh, the Netherlands to visit all their all their family, all my family. Mm. Yeah, just How I about mean, that. Who, literally just got back on uh um on i think it was sunday this week so um or no i guess it was saturday because i talked to my mom on sunday for for mother's day um but yeah so um so we've got the yeah got got some dutch content uh for sure i've got stuff to talk to you about i like i know we have a folder i don't even know if there's anything in there oh. i don't even look at oh it. i did i i've actually i did actually i did actually make some notes um in drafts okay and i and i did put some things in the um oh yeah uh, in in my in the in the folder um so we've 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 announced the new podcast and the new old podcast. podcast is going away so that's taken care of um yeah. uh, ben i want to know who is jessica and why is she cooling down or why are you cooling down with her well are you, are you concerned <laughs> i'm sorry was that was that should i have not mentioned that are you in trouble no now? no 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 so don and i um, this is probably something we've not talked about on the podcast, but but he and I um, are are uh, Apple Apple Fitness buddies. We we share uh-huh. we share our things with each other, and and constantly whenever one of us finishes um, a workout that um, that that we that the other one catches, we try to find the most inappropriate like um stock Apple answer or message to send to the other person. So if those the listeners who know about apple fitness that that you can share your your fitness progress it also gives you this like oh congratulate don on a on standing up all day or standing <laughs> a perfect week of standing up and and i you know and i i scroll down the list and i try to find something that's like you're at the top or well, slow it, down buddy or yeah, whatever and it's yeah and and the idea i mean i i yeah i mean i wouldn't have i wouldn't have described it the way you described it but i <laughs> i try to send something that is humorous and upbeat and supportive as well as wherever possible being cheesy and over the top right yeah 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 yeah. and they and they give you stock like messages that are just like i would never say this but i like it for that exact reason yeah right Um, and and so and for some reason the last time i got a notification it was uh it was ben finished a fitness plus workout um and then it showed me a picture of a woman i'm assuming her name is jessica uh, that says mindful cool down with Jessica. And, and I'm guessing that that is what it is that you just did. Um, did. but it's, I have never seen a, uh, a picture, um, in as a possible like thing that we get from the Apple, uh, notifications. So, yeah, well, I think, so I, I don't often use, uh, um, I don't all often use the Apple fitness plus like workout things with my, um, with my, on my Apple TV, but um, I, this is in the notes of things I wanted to talk to you about. I'm, I, we got a new fitness, uh, eating regime here at the Chapman household. Oh Chapman yeah. Yeah. You, meant, you, you hinted. Yeah. You yeah, yeah. The teaser. So, yeah. Yeah. So, so what that includes is like a full out challenge to ourselves here in the house to close our rings every day. Oh, and, nice. um, and, and my rings are, um, set at 30 minutes of exercise, 12 hours of standing and 900 active calories. And so, so, um, I try to do that well before 
like midnight or 11 o'clock. Right. But I, maybe right. it wasn't quite that late last night, but it was definitely like 10 o'clock. I needed like 40, I needed to burn 40 calories. And oh, no. yeah, yeah. And so I did two things. I did a core 10 minute core workout and then I did a five minute cool down. And, uh, and it's uh mindful cool down with Jessica was the thing that popped up on, uh, on your watch to show that I had, uh, I had done that. Um, but I got my rings closed. I hit 901 calories last night in active calories burned. So, nice. so I, so I did my thing. Uh, yeah. Nice. Um, so the other thing that I'm doing, so I, I told you, I hinted at this in our risky or not recording. So the other, the people that do listen to this won't know anything about it, but, um, I'm off the, uh, what Don, uh, affinitively, affin, affin, 7-Eleven diet, 7-Eleven diet. He calls it 7-Eleven diet. Don't eat in between seven, uh, and or don't, don't eat. Uh, from 11 o'clock at night. No, from no. Uh, only eat from 11 a.m. <laughs> to 7 p.m. Those eight hours, and and I'm doing another. So I, you know, I did that for for quite some time. Um, lost a bunch of weight, got in pretty good health, and then kind of you know hockey season got in, mm. in the way and ate a lot of bad stuff and didn't work out as much. And so so both both Danny and I decided that we would we check out something else. Um, and she, she was really the driver. She's like, if I do this, will you do this with me? Yeah. And she, and, she's, cool. and she said, it means no more Seven Eleven diet. Um, oh, and yeah. so I was like, cool, yeah. I'll try it. So I'm doing, we're doing this, uh, you've probably seen the advertisements. We're doing this, uh, this Noom, Noom thing. The, oh, know, Noom. Yeah. Yeah. They, yeah. they talk about it all on the pod save universe. Yeah. 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 So we've been, we've been doing that for uh, a month. I'm down like 11 pounds. Um, cool. yeah. And, uh, but, but it's, it's now you know, I haven't been eating breakfast for like five years. Now I'm eating breakfast every day because Noom, <laughs> Noom's about Noom's about eat a eat a protein packed uh, healthy healthy breakfast and uh, start start your way. So anyway, it's yeah, going, and going I, good. yeah, and and I I I've, so just a little bit of update on me because again, people, I mean, you know, th this could be this could be primo content for department head chair talk too yeah because um like it's you know it's because it's the it's the it's the energy that powers us to be excellent department hairs and <laughs> hairs and chads hairs and chairs heads and chairs and shoulders knees and toes um so uh yeah so i tried skipping breakfast for a while um and that just I, it was fine i could do it but i really i do feel better when i eat a breakfast before i start work so i'm back on that but one thing i have been doing and it's not really as a weight loss thing but it's more just a trying to get better sleep thing because mm -hmm. i'm all about um like getting better sleep and i'm pretty successful at it and basically what it mostly involves is just not having anything to eat or drink except water um after 8 p.m and on the days when i can do that i sleep so much better that's huge so yeah that's, so so yeah yeah, because it's the evening snacking that, that kills me a lot of the time. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so that's what so, I'm doing. <clears throat> so the thing, the thing that I've really um, liked. Oh, sorry. Thing that I thought about with Noom that I've liked is it's all about like eating water heavy foods and drinking a lot of water. Um, and so that's yeah, yeah. that's what I'm doing. I'm, I'm so you're full. Like I'm full yeah. all the time. And uh, and it's yeah. going yeah, it's going it's not not so bad. So um, but yeah, everything's everything's going good on that. Uh, all right. So I have a few more things that I want to cover, um, just really quickly before we get into food safety stuff. Yeah. Um, uh, and the, and in terms of like stuff that, uh, we're watching on TV and by we, I mean, mostly me and my wife tolerates it, which is, um, the white house plumbers. Oh, is it good? Have you No, I haven't seen it yet. 
I I am really enjoying it. Like, and I and I sort of know the Watergate story, but I mostly know the uh, Woodward and Bernstein, all the president's men side of it. This is from the perspective of the the plumbers, and it, it is played for laughs, but it is mostly historically accurate. Apparently, I mean, again, they're they're filling in they're they're filling in stuff, and and again, it's played for laughs, but. It is. I'm. I am really enjoying it. And so there's three that have dropped so far. We've watched all three. Um, just, uh, just a good, a, a fun, a fun show. Even if you know the Watergate story, and and if you don't, it's fine. But it's just, uh, yeah, it's hard. It's hard to believe. I mean, they are playing it for laughs. It is probably a little bit over the top. But boy, there's anytime I ask, I have a question about something. As to whether it's true or not, I can kind of figure out, oh, my gosh, that is actually true or that is definitely based on something that was true. <laughs> that's so that's hilarious. and 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 yeah. G, and G. Gordon Liddy is just such a jerk. And 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 actually, the Howard Hunt character played by Woody Harrelson comes off comes off as like he's he's kind of a screw up, but he comes off as way more. Uh-oh. It's me. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now. Something something weird happened. Can you hear me? I'm still here and I can hear you. Oh, that was so weird. I could not hear you for a second. Yes. Now you're now you're back. All I got was uh G G Gordon okay. Liddy. All yeah. right. Weird. Yeah. But oh, yeah, you know was... what? Maybe this line is tapped. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's the call is coming from inside the plumbers. From it's yeah. coming from inside the bathroom. So, yeah. So and you can you can fix all this in in post. But yeah, yeah. G Gordon Liddy is is a, is a horrible jerk. And Howard Hunt, played by Woody Harrelson, actually comes off as mildly sympathetic, although he's also kind of a kind of a jerk uh, but yeah and i again the, not the best thing about the show but one thing i love about the show is that you know hbo shows always open with the hbo logo at the beginning yes. and this opens with the hbo logo from 1972 which is when the, of course the thing takes place so oh uh, that's kind of cool it's yeah it's 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 delightful nice um, um and then the other thing oh go ahead no i um i that's you you go ahead what was your other thing okay so the other thing and i've got like what one two more things and a question for you um i just have to say like how much i am absolutely and i probably mentioned this before but i really feel like i should keep keep promoting this is how much i'm loving the food section um oh yeah which hannah, is the hannah raskin. Substack from hannah raskin yes um, and like i just she's such a talented writer she has such good ideas i'm just i i, I signed up for the the paid subscription, which is something I never do. And yeah. I kind of did it on an impulse. And now it's just like, Oh my God, I, I, how would I, I would never, I would never not subscribe to this. And she's just, I, I don't know. I mean, I just really, and I want to thank, I mean, obviously thank her for being awesome, but thank you for introducing us. Um, Because she was just, I mean, she's just, she's just an amazing writer. And I, yeah, just like so much to like about that. So anyway, I, 
Yeah, no, I appreciate that. I love, I love, um, I love her her Substack, and it's it's a weekly, not a weekly, like a, I, I guess it's three times a week read that I, I just think she's so insightful, and she writes about stuff that I'm really interested in, so that's perfect, right? Like she, whatever, whatever her demographic is that she's interested in writing for is exactly the stuff I, I like. Um, and I, I don't know if you were subscribing last year, but I think around the holidays she does like a holiday party for subscribers in Charleston and yeah no she yes yeah, she's yeah. i i have that she did she well she did actually one thing she did was a chocolate tasting which was for yeah. anybody who wanted to pay for it and we did that and that was fun um and then i got really excited because i saw there was another thing coming up then i realized it had to, it had to actually be there so yeah well um, but maybe, uh but yeah maybe, maybe we should go maybe we should just like not let her i don't think she listens to the show all the time um <laughs> but we should like next time that there's one of these things i love charleston you can we should go we should we should like all right just we should, show we up and, figure out a figure out a way to do it yeah and yeah ideally uh as a business expense right right yeah it's all it's for my it's for my work don it's all for my work um um oh yeah good you know you, oh. you have a question for me well i have a question for you and then I have one more announcement. It's really more of a teaser than anything else. But the the question is: Did you watch any of the coronation? <laughs> no, the okay. real simple answer: not not at all. I you know it's it, um, I don't know, but it, it's not it's not really my my thing. I haven't even seen clips of it other than um things on Twitter where uh people were making fun of the way that fun of it, um, yeah, yeah, and and like fun of like how Charles and Camilla were waving. Like stuff like that, which I thought was quite quite funny, um, yeah. but that was it. No, I didn't. Watch it. Lot, Did you lot watch of, it? A lot of no, not none of it. Um, and I asked my wife because she's sort of vaguely interested in yeah, like you know, um, you know that kind of stuff, um, the British British monarchy. But she's she said no. He's such a twit or something. She made some disparaging <laughs> remark about the king. Um, which I just was just very funny. And then the other thing that I've I've mostly heard a lot about is people commenting on his very, very weird fingers. Um <laughs> you know, like dolly fingers, like uh Im image, you know, image generation figure fingers. Absolutely. Right. Um, right. Yeah. Um and, and then and then the the last the last thing just to tease people a little bit. Um, so I don't I don't know if you know um uh, there's a woman that works with you named Mary. Um, I don't know if you know this, but she actually designed our t-shirts. Yeah. Oh, like new t-shirts. Like, no. did you? Oh. She designed the old t-shirts, but I. Yeah. But I asked her if she would design some new t-shirts, and so she's working on that. And so, uh, what I want to do is I want to make it a limited run. Um, on um, uh, what's the name of the t-shirt company we always use? Oh, um, Cotton, Cotton Bureau. Cotton, Cotton Bureau. Bureau. A limited yeah. run on Cotton Bureau, which gives you a higher quality t-shirt, a higher quality print image that won't won't wear off with time um and and have it f finish in time um for people to get them for the conference but then also um i i don't, don't want to say any more than this but then i have another treat which is a thing that i will be bringing to the conference to give to give away to people so oh um, like the I'll, conference I'll just, we'll the conference being iaf oh yes of course well Please. The conference. Have, I just want to make sure everybody yeah. knew what we were talking about. Yeah. Yeah. So we're talking about the IEFP annual conference, which is going to be in Toronto this year. So yeah. Home of the home of the Toronto Maple Leafs who are uh, not playing hockey anymore. Um, yeah. Ever? Well, I mean, I think they, they'll come back eventually, but not not currently. Not currently at all, Don. It's uh yeah, it's a little bit it's it's a little bit sad. Um so I <laughs> um 
I got stuff to ask you about too. Okay, I'm, uh, I'm done with my list. So go ahead. Well, no, it's good. It's good. So first thing is, I, I want to share that I um, today gave uh, what what I'll I'm going to describe as a really delightful talk, mm-hmm. um, and uh, it, and it was at um, I'll send you a link to this for our show notes. It's at a conference. Um, that we're hosting here in North Carolina, the American Association for Agricultural Extension. And um, the the talk that I gave was um, the uh, Semen A. Knapp um, uh, 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 lecture. So just be just be careful on how you say all that. Um, and uh, are you are you are you are you familiar with? Um, with with uh with semen with with semen a nap, you know who that is. <laughs> the name sounds familiar. Well, and not and not just because I recognize the two words that compose this poor gentleman's name. Yeah. Um. So uh, he uh was known as, and I'll, I'll just send you his Wikipedia uh this page for this. But he's known as the the uh, I I would say a very uh. N- not woke uh, term that I would use, but people describe him as this: the grandfather or the father of extension. So, um, wow. he, yeah, that's why I know the name. Yeah, yeah. So, so anyway, I was. Um, uh, he 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 created like demonstration farms. Um, oh, cool. He yeah, yeah. So so anyway, he um uh, and he was uh, at, uh, raised in, in Iowa, um and uh, um ended up at, at uh, Ohio or Iowa State University. Um, and it was the second president of the Iowa Agricultural College, which is now known as Iowa State University. So oh, anyway, cool. really, you know, kind of like a cool, you know, like cool to be in a seminar symposium or lecture. I think it's a seminar um, named after uh, named after this, this, uh, this guy who who is really uh, all about like doing stuff that, that, you know, that we do. And um, and so what I did, I, I had, I had an hour and a half and it, and I done, I don't know if you know me, but I can fill an hour and a half if I'm given an hour and a half. Um, and, uh, and I, I was, uh, I was asked by the organizers, um, and two, two professors in my department, uh, Joseph Donaldson and Jay Geratney, who are on the organizing committee, they asked me to um, think about like what I wanted to talk about in my, my experiences in agricultural extension. And I kind of told them what I want to talk about is my, like my experience of what it's been like to be a food safety specialist during the pandemic. And especially like what you and I, and, um, our, our friends, Michelle and Byron have been doing with the food COVID net project, which is kind of like quieter than it was certainly in May or March um, 2020 and, and also in May, 2020, but, but just talking about like reflections on that and think, you know, a little bit about what the project was about, but also about just like what, what I've learned and how, how I do what I do. And, and it was, I mean, I had a, a bunch of people come up afterwards and, um, said it was, it was really sort of hit the mark, but it, I talked a lot about us, like about what we do. In fact, made a couple yeah. of jokes about like, well, I can fill an hour and a half. And and if I had another guy up here with me, <laughs> we'd call it a podcast. Uh, right. And, yeah. But, but it was like, it was really, I don't know. It was really interesting for me to sit back and think about, I did a lot of this over the last week. Like what, 
what even did we go through? Like, what do we, you know, when, when so many people were, were kind of struggling with, okay, you need to go home and shut down your research program and you can't mm -hmm. be here on campus. Everything really ramped up for us. Like, I remember those days of, you know, uh, getting on a zoom call or, or phone calls with, with you and, and Michelle and Linda and Leanne, Leanne Jacobs and um, Linda Harris, who's a, a, a common uh, character here on our podcast. Um, and just like trying to figure out how to answer questions and then working with our, our friends in the, in the food industry and in public health about the things that they were running into problems with and trying to come up with some solutions. And it was, I, I really described it as the most exciting part of my career, right? Like being in the middle of a pandemic is, is terrible. And the, the, you know, the, the, the process of all of the loss that we've had and the economic impacts and the public health problems and the people that we know that are are still dealing with long COVID, those things are, are terrible. They're like, and I, it, it, it's a, it, it's a, it's a weird place to be to think like it was, it, it was probably where I don't, you know, I don't want to speak on, on your behalf on this, but it was probably where I was at the best of my career, right? Like I just being part of that, was was where where I needed to be at the time and it was really I don't know it was really good to reflect on it and think about okay what what should I share with other people now that I'm I don't really do a lot of that all the time that that might be extension specialists or people that are agricultural teachers or or people that are faculty members that are doing leadership in agriculture and, and talking about just what I experienced and it's, it was different I think from what many people are experienced, right? Like we, we were at this weird little spot of being really, really relevant for a couple of months, um, on a, you know, a national international stage. So anyway, it was really cool to be invited to do it and to talk about it. But I thought about you, your mentorship are like, I think our, your and my collective philosophy, why we do this, like how even our podcast changed both food safety talk and introducing risky or not right at the start of the pandemic, all of that stuff. So, so anyway, I just wanted to give a shout out to the, um, triple AE as it's known for the invite. Cause it was one of the, one of the most enjoyable, like talks I, from my standpoint, I've given, right. It was all kind of new, new kind of stuff. So. Cool. Yeah. You know, and it, it is interesting. I'm, I'm, I was thinking about, like, I was trying to, I was racking my brains, like thinking like, oh, I know I put together a new talk lately, uh, recently that I hadn't ever given. And it is like, I mean, a lot of my talks are like, well, let's take this talk and let's like spin yep. it this way. Or, you know, so you're really iterating, you're evolving your current talks, but occasionally you're, you really have to do something that is brand new. And, and what I did was not nearly as, um, <clears throat> as broad a scope, but it really, it really was a good chance for me to kind of take a step back and think about and let like learn something new, explain it to a, a new group of people. Um, and, and, and so when you do that, it kind of gives you a, um, it, it, it can be, it can be really interesting and it, obviously it's stressful and it takes more time than, than just recycling an old talk. But the one thing, and I don't know if we talked about it on here or not, but I recently gave a lecture um, as part of the uh, Rutgers Law School certificate program in cannabis law and business. And I talked about cannabis microbiology, which is a fascinating area that overlaps with, with 
uh, food safety um, and not and not just for edible products, but like for for cannabis leaf, um, because there are these these same rules. And then, of course, it's layered on top of all the complexity is the, the fact that cannabis is not legal in every state. And so whatever happens has to happen within the state border. But again, it was a, it was a chance to kind of teach microbiology teach myself some microbiology, right. To explain yeah. sampling plans, to explain, you know, what the, like to, to learn and then to explain it to the audience in a way that, that worked for them and that where I learned something too. So it, it was, it was, it was really quite interesting. So I think it is good. I mean, again, my, my natural inclination is to try to do, get, do, do, do something with as little effort as possible. Me too. This was a lot of effort because it was a new thing, but again, sometimes when you do it, it's worth it. And, and yeah, and it sounds like you really had a very nice, impactful um if if that's even a word um i hate that i hate it if it's a word i, I shouldn't use it well, no. you, you you gave a good talk man you gave a good talk i hope i gave a good talk I, i'll tell you it was the most enjoyable talk that i've given in a while for me right right, right. like like it right. was it was very um i don't know like it was just it was just nice to sit back and think about what what we how we did it and why we did it and and like i i i i feel and again, it, it could just be like the the role that I that I have now, and and you're you're you'll know more about this, Don, soon as soon as you get mm -hmm. to a department chair university, um, not the not university department chair, but when you get to go through the department chair school of hard knocks. Uh, so <laughs> so much. Oh, I I already I already found my first. Oh. That's Ooh. new. I didn't know about that. There's been something <laughs> going on in my department for a, a year that I had not heard about. Uh -huh. um, yeah. uh, and so that has implications. Um, you know, so so basically somebody somebody wants to leave the department. And uh, uh, yeah. And so, it's, oh, well, that's that's a that's a thing I'm going to have to deal with. So but it's good. It's good. I mean, I've got. Yeah. Uh, the, our current chair is a wonderful guy and spent a lot more time with him recently than I have in a while. Had a great chat with our dean the other day, which was kind of like the last last thing I was waiting for before I would officially say I would do it. And I had a really nice chat with her. Um, and then uh, great chats also with my colleague who's going to be taking over my responsibilities as graduate program director. And I'm actually, that's the thing I'm sort of most looking forward to not to get getting rid of those responsibilities, but to teaching, teaching somebody else like, okay, here is a thing that I built that is really has only existed for me. I built it for me. Um, but I want to, now I want to share that with you and then you can do whatever you want. You can take all this and throw it in the trash and build your own systems. But here's, here's, here's the, here's the, the structure that I built for myself to do, to do this job. And, uh, yeah, and I, I'm really, I'm looking, I'm looking forward to it. So we'll, we'll, we'll see. I mean, I'll, I'll probably be bitching to you and, uh, you know, probably as soon as, uh, the first Monday in July, but, um, <laughs> hey, but yeah, it's all, it's all part of it. It's all, but right. So, so you're like your example of something that you built for you. And, and passing that on to someone else and, and kind of saying, do it, do what you want, adjust it. It was, was kind of one of the like central themes of what, what I talked about today. And, and what, what I guess I've learned in my, um, in my career is that I was, I've been afforded and encouraged, um, afforded a lot of a space for creativity and encouraged to be creative and encouraged to be, to disrupt, right? Like to not kind of assimilate to the world of, um, other extension specialists that might've come before me that did a good job, right? Like it was very much like, don't we, we, as a, as a group, as a world of, of people that are in, in extension need to, to 
give new people space to build what we can't think of now, right? right. Like, like I'm going to give you a tool. This is how I did it, but don't be, don't just copy this, right? Like this might not work anymore. This might not work for you. And right. um, yeah. And so, so I feel like that's so much of what I do now, right? Like, I right. mean, so, sometimes it's, it, it um, sometimes it's a faculty member who's like, how do I, how do I spend this money? Right. Like, like I know how to spend money, but here's some of the restrictions on this money. How can I get from A to B in, I want to do this with it. And, you know, you, you, you've been through the university system long enough, and I'm sure there are nuances at Rutgers that don't exist at NC state and vice versa that, mm -hmm. that it's like, I just kind of know, Oh, well, here's like three ways you could do it. Right. Like, and, right. and one of them is probably easiest, but also might, you know, the, the a little bit harder well, way might give you some better results or something. Yeah. Or, or this is probably the easiest to, to do, but there's consequences to that, or there's, yeah. it's easy to do, but it's also really easy for a bureaucrat to say no. And so honestly, this is more work, but you have a higher probability of success. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. That kind of thing. All, all of that. And so, so like, that was kind of my message to those in the room today was, um, don't you know we have it i think we have a tendency to mentor to the things that we know right like right, and this is something right. that i really like value about your you and i like our relationship is that you you come from uh, a different a different world than than i do like from a you know we, we're we're both we're both focused on the world of food safety we just have different you know areas of expertise that, that we're coming from and and you you have a really uncanny way of saying, let me show you a little bit about my world. But what I really want to know is how you might take this little piece and apply it in your world and tell me about that. And, and, and that like trying to, to have others as, you know, in, in, you know, leadership or senior faculty positions, do more of that with graduate students, with postdocs, with new faculty members. Um, and, and I had like, I mean, I, I'm sure I've told you and I won't like out too many, like individuals on this, but I had like some bad, like, I don't know, interactions with faculty members, not in my department, in a department, um, that I do a lot of work with in, mm -hmm. uh, in, in my university, uh, that, that many of my graduate students have come from, uh, and those faculty members aren't, aren't there anymore. Um, they've, they've retired, but, but I had really bad interactions just about like the things that I was doing that they thought were not a, like, like writing a blog is not appropriate essentially. Um, and, 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 you know, like I, I, I didn't share the, you know, that exact ex example today when I gave this lecture, but I, but I really wanted people to, to, to be like, look at, look at the, you know, next generation of, of our extension professionals and allow them to be disruptors, like encourage them to be, to do something different. Right. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Actually, the, the one thing that was really exciting to me in my in my conversations with the dean was, well, just getting to tell her a little bit more about like what I do as an extension specialist. But also she was like, yeah, I really need you to teach me about food science because I don't really understand how food science fits in a college of agriculture. And my oh. response to her is, well, you come from landscape architecture. So if there's a department that doesn't fit, I think it's landscape <laughs> architecture. 
Yeah. And, and cause she's like, I can tease her like that. Like she knows, yeah. like, I mean, it's just like, but let's, well, yeah. So let's talk about, let's talk about food science. And yes, I can absolutely teach you about food science, right? I can be your, and, and again, like I, she started talking about like vision, and, and all of that. And I'm like, you know, I am really not good with strategic planning and vision. I am a tactical guy. Like I want to know what needs to get done today. Right. And she's like, oh no, that's okay. I can do the vision stuff, but I need, I need somebody to give me the details on food science. I'm like, I can do oh, that. Yeah, I can yeah. absolutely do that. Right. And so I think we'll make a, we'll make a good, a good team. So again, we'll see, we'll, we'll see, we'll check in with me later, but uh, I think, uh, yeah, it's, I'm, I'm looking forward to it in, in now that it's kind of official, I'm looking, cause I was kind of dreading it. Cause it's like, Oh my God, it's going to be a ton of work. But then I'm thinking, well, you know, you already work pretty hard at this graduate program director stuff. And that's yep. all going to be magically off your plate. Mostly. I mean, I'll, obviously I'll be there as a backstop to help, but um, yeah, no, this, this could be, uh, this could be fun. And she's like, she's like, yeah, you know, we do have some meetings over the summer. <laughs> I, went down <laughs> I said, I said, Laura, Laura, I'm on a calendar, your appointment. I work during the summers. And she's like, oh, okay. <laughs> so yeah, that like, won't be a fine. problem at all. <laughs> I work, yeah. I work all the time, Laura, not very hard, but I work all the time. So anyway, we, we had, we had, a, we had a good chat. So, oh, that's pretty, that's good. That's good. Well, and I'm, I'm excited for you to, um, to jump into this into this world, and I find it I find it much more rewarding than I even had had, had thought it would be. Um, yeah, and so, cool. yeah. Um, okay, let's. I got. Should I got talk so, about food safety. Whatever. <laughs> On this, our last episode. Our last time, they were sunsetting this whole thing. Let's just let's let's just make this episode number one. Oh, number episode zero. <laughs> uh, department head chair talk. Uh, or department chair head talk. No, no, uh, head chair. I, no, head I've chair. I've already decided it's got to be head chair because head chair. He, it's it's a it, heads are more important and better than chairs. Like well, I I know my place, Ben. <laughs> so so what you're saying is, <laughs> as a department head, if someone calls me a chair, I almost certainly will correct them. But as yes. a department chair, if someone calls you a head, you just let that slide. You'd be like, oh, well, no. What I what I would do is I would probably say, well, you know, I'm totally fine with that but let me just let clue you in on something if you ever say that to a department ahead and you get it wrong they will be upset with you oh <laughs> uh, that's funny uh okay so all right i got stuff for you and and don it, it okay and i did come here oh i did I, oh it's okay i did sorry to cut you off i i that's did right. put a couple of food safety related things in the dropbox which we can certainly talk about oh yeah we're gonna talk about those but i'm gonna send you a couple of things too and of okay, course cool. i i can't send you these Don, because you know we, you know where these are coming from, right? You're gonna have to open these up in Apple News, because um, because there's no way for me to share this other than an Apple News link. I can't print it. I think I could print it if it was on my iPad sometimes, but who knows? I, I think and you it, could. I think you could. You could screen cap it and then send me the screen cap. But yeah, that's well, fine. Don't, that's see, fine. If, tell that's me if you can open this whole thing that I just sent you, because this came from the publication that I'm not familiar with. But it's uh, it's one that I I will probably not subscribe to after we eviscerate this article. Um, it is real simple, you know, Don. Oh. Food safety, real simple. You know about these people? Oh, yeah. No. Um. I yeah. My I think my wife may occasionally get this. Ma is it? A, it's a, it was also a print magazine at one Could point, be. right? Could be. Could be. It might yeah. be. I I have this. I have come across the real simple folks before in my life for sure. Well, Don, I'm going to have them describe to you the difference between sanitizing and dis disinfection. And I'm sure you're excited oh, so, about where this is going. Oh, so 
so I'm going to try to find this somewhere else on the web other than Apple News because yeah. um, it wants to charge me uh, $9.99 a month. And I don't subscribe to Apple News. And I really don't I really, really don't care to subscribe to Apple News. So uh, I am going to uh, not give them uh, uh, 99, uh, uh, nine, 99 cents and $9, but I'm going to try to find it on the internet, but, but by, by all means, go, 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 yeah. you go. Yeah. If you find it by, I'll give you the highlights. Okay. Okay. So, um, this is by, uh, Lauren Phillips, uh, Lauren writes, people often use sanitize and disinfect interchangeably, but the key difference can affect the cleaning products you choose and how you use them. And it can mean getting a better clean where you need it the most first distinction. Okay. So things are good, right? They're different things. Mm -hmm. sanitation sanitization sorry don mm -hmm. is reducing a contamination or bacteria to a safe level while disinfection mm -hmm. is killing bacteria on a particular surface that's according to um travis anderson who is uh the r d group manager at clorox okay so things are pretty good until right here right right mm -hmm. that doesn't sound like i'm not gonna argue too much about this Sanitizing is best for surfaces that don't typically typically come in contact with seriously dangerous bacteria. Huh. Eh, go takes a little okay. bit of a west, left turn on this, but yeah. um, or those that could be damaged by powerful chemicals, right? So the not the bacteria, but the the surfaces. Um, cleaning. So yeah, so the, the, they write or she writes big cooking tools and food prep surfaces. Disinfecting is for the big messes particularly those in, involving bodily fluids, blood, and the like. Um, so the, the, here are the down and dirty. I'm going to skip forward because this is where things get ex exciting for me. Uh, first, would you like to guess? I don't know if you found the article yet. I found on. the article, yeah. Okay, well, then don't look at it yet. Okay. Uh, I did the, look at it, but I'm not looking at it now. Okay, good. Do you know what the first uh, compound, the first chemical on the list is that we're going to talk about on whether it's a sanitizer or disinfectant? Oh, I might have already seen this. Is it vinegar? Yeah, it's vinegar. <laughs> vinegar. Oh, this is I, like and right. Let's the lead. We lead with vinegar. Um, and and I, I don't know anything about Philip Tierno, PhD, who's a clinical professor of microbiology and pathology at the NYU Grossman School of Medicine. But he says you can go a long way towards reducing organisms by rubbing a surface with distilled white vinegar and water. Uh, I would I would modify that sentence to say you can go a long way towards removing bacteria from a surface by rubbing it with water. <laughs> ding 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 ding. I don't even have my bell here today, but uh, yeah, agreed. So at least uh, real simple says it's not a disinfectant. Um, it's good to know you can use and here's here's a recommendation. You can use a vinegar and water solution. Don, it doesn't tell you how much water and vinegar. Mm -hmm. It doesn't tell you how to, much to dilute it. But on some kitchen and bathroom countertops, on glass, and in the washing machine. I'm not worried about the washing machine or on glass, but like kitchen countertops. But avoid using it on marble, granite, stone, or wood because it'll damage the surface. But they kind of make it seem like, hey, it's a good one, right? Sanitizes. Next one. Yeah, Dawn. well, in fact, I would say, Ben, you could make a solution of vinegar and water that is just vinegar because Ben, yeah. I don't know if you know this about vinegar. It's, it's mostly water. It's vinegar and water already. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> oh. But <clears throat> it's not helpful. This next one on the list, we're not going to spend a whole lot of time on it. Uh, essential oils. So what is, yeah. What do they do? Well, Becky Rappinchuk, a cleaning expert and the author of uh, clean mama's guide to a healthy home 
says uh, you should choose oils that are labeled 100% pure, like those from plant therapy, to make sure they don't contain unnecessary additives. Oof. Essential oils help vinegar-based cleaning solutions become a bit more pleasant. So they're theirs for smell. Um, but they do say don't they don't always sanitize or disinfect. We've talked about this on food safety talking on risking or not. There are certainly some um oils, uh, like oregano uh oil or uh that 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 are antimicrobials, but they're not really good sanitizers and certainly not good disinfection or disinfectants. So it's just like there's a lot here that I can see. There's just a bunch of misinformation. Um, okay, right. next right. next one. Chlorine bleach. So this one, good. They say that you can disinfect with it or it does disinfect. I, I, and I, yeah, I would agree. <laughs> but also it could just be used as a sanitizer depending on if you're diluting it or not. And so right. they say to properly disinfect surfaces after someone gets sick, use one third of a cup of bleach per gallon of water. So I think that would get you pretty close to 5,000 PPM. But to more lightly disinfect, um, like for example, after handling raw meat, use one tablespoon of bleach per gallon of water. So that would get you closer to 200 PPMs. That's really like Dawn, what does lightly disinfect mean? Is that not just sanitizing? I'm I'm pretty sure that lightly disinfect is not a technically correct term. I mean, it can mean whatever you want it to mean. But this it means is disinfecting, it, but not as much, which is also yeah. what we mean by sanitizing, right? But this is just, to, I want to remind you that the goal is right at the top of this article. The goal is for us to understand the difference between sanitize and disinfect. Mm -hmm. And if you don't know the difference between sanitize and disinfecting, you might not be cleaning as well as you think. And so light, light um, there is a, uh, uh, there's an ongoing joke in the classic, uh, my I would say in my house, the classic show, uh, Arrested Development, which is one that you and Kristen would not watch because Kristen would not enjoy it. Mm -hmm. um that that someone commits light treason that it's not really like <laughs> treason all the way it's just light treason and that's right, like light right. light disinfection for me right. um so here's one steam does sanitize with without the use of chemicals but it doesn't disinfect or work everywhere and that's again like i don't know kind of true but not totally true because you can certainly use steam to disinfect. It's about time and temperature, right? Right. Yeah. So anyway, um, and then disposable wipes. They say they do disinfect when you're in a pinch. They don't decompose though. And so maybe you should use a reusable cloth. Then so they they disinfect, but they don't decompose. Okay. <laughs> got it. Got it. That's uh that's an interesting distinction to make. Right. But you know what? Also, how do they you, make... wait, how do you know they don't decompose? How, how hard have you tried to decompose them? I, I'm just telling you that they reference a 2017 820 foot long fatberg in the London sewer that included, oh. yeah, that included a bunch of things, including wipes and cooking right. grease. Yeah. Right. And, and just to be clear, Probably those wipes that ended up in the sewer, they're probably butt wipes, Ben. Yeah. Yep. They're for your butt. They're not Don't for disinfect surfaces, your right? Who's right. wiping a surface and then flushing that down the toilet? I mean, you know, anyway. Yeah. And do they, like, I mean, do they really disinfect? They are called disinfecting wipes, but do, like, I think they're sanitizing. Anyway, it's it's confusing. Mm. Um, And then my favorite on the list, Don, triclosan. 
Do you want to talk a little bit about triclosan here? <laughs> oh, I I would I would call it triclosan. Um, oh, but well, that's your but your American. But that's what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. So triclosan uh, is an antimicrobial. Uh, it is used in antimicrobial. It was used. It still is used in antimicrobial soaps. It's not. It's not. There are some concerns about its ecological consequences so it is not allowed for use it's not it's it's currently impractical for soap companies to use triclosan in antimicrobial soaps that are sold to the general public because basically FDA CEDAR the Center for Drug Evaluation and Research which is the part of FDA that 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 regulates these kinds of products um has basically put such a huge burden of proof that the industry would have to do a, a like a double blind placebo controlled uh, trial um, to prove that antimicrobial soaps actually have a benefit. And so, um, you know, it's not like uh, selling Viagra or, or the, um, uh, the uh, a vaccine where there's a lot of money to be made. Um, there's not a ton of money to be made in antimicrobial soaps. And so the industry has just basically said, well, okay, we're just going to stop using uh, triclosan in these, in these products because we can't, we can't, we can't meet the burden of proof that is being required by FDA CEDAR. Right, right. So all of like all of that great, great background in this article. Again, clean sanitize, right, Don? Mm -hmm. That's what we're talking about here. Uh, directly from the article, the, the whole the words clean and sanitize do not e exist in the entire section about triclosan. Triclosan. Mm -hmm. What it does do is kill microbes. <laughs> what it doesn't it does. do, it does yeah, doesn't do keep you safe from all the dangerous strains of bacteria. Um. And, wait a minute, uh, wait a minute. It kills microbes, but it doesn't keep you safe from all the dangerous oh. strains of bacteria. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm a little maybe maybe they should write an article about the difference between microbes and bacteria. Yeah, right, right. Well, how about this? Triclosan was banned by FDA, but only from certain soaps. That's it. That's the real simple, mm -hmm. Don. Real simple. That I that's why real, I wanted real real wrong, but <laughs> real. okay. Ah. <laughs> uh, so anyway, um I'm gonna put real simple on my list of like tasting table, where I I think they they don't they should maybe work with um like food safety people before they put stuff out. They did uh, work with scientists, but not but not us. No, I mean it doesn't even have to like. Here's the thing: it doesn't have to be us. I'm good with it being someone else. Just the, the... <laughs> someone who's smart. Someone who knows who knows the stuff. Okay. So, right, hey, next... so before we oh, yeah. leave the topic of cleaning or sanitizing and disinfecting, um, I just want to call out if you do, if you want to read a good document about um, uh, 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 the guidance for the safe and proper use of sanitizer and, and disinfectants in food establishments, I would direct people to the Conference for Food Protection Council 3 2023 biennial meeting issue number uh, 3-103, um, which, uh, and we'll link to this and we'll link to the report, um, where the committee wrote a report. And so if you, if you want to really get, do a deep dive in this, and this report is written by people who are in the cleaning and disinfecting business, as well as people who are retired from that business. And, uh, they did a really nice job with this report. It's not, it's not officially posted on the CFP site yet as official guidance, but you can find it through the, the 2023 conference issues. And so we will link to that. And again, um, you know, if you want to read a, a well-written document on the, on the same topic, uh, highly recommended. It, it's a, 
it's a it's a bit of a it's a bit of a read. It's a bit of a long read, as they say, sixty three pages. But um, you know, it is it is a good. If you had to if you had to do if you had to pre- quickly prepare a presentation on the difference between cleaning and uh, sanitizing and disinfecting, you could you could do a lot worse than to start with this document. Oh, for sure, for sure, it's good, and and it was something that I'm glad we had a chance to deliberate on uh, this year because it it forced me to go read. Um, not maybe all the document, but I did skim through it as part of the issue preparation. It was, it was really, it's really, really good. And it, and it came from, I, I, I would say the right people, like everybody who's in around our world, who, who is interested in this, um, defining these differences and, and talking about those pra- best practices was involved in the writing of it. Like that's one of the things that you and I have talked about as it relates to CFP all the time. One of the things that draws me to it is this idea of consensus and collaboration. And and so it was, you know, if, if anybody could be involved, the right people chose to get involved uh, uh, with it and, and created a really nice document, which is. Oh, and awesome. I will say too, a huge, a huge shout out. Um, so this was had representation from FDA, from FSIS, but most importantly, they also had representation from EPA. And the the woman, the woman from EPA who was who was part of this team, was amazing. Like just such a nice, great person. I got a chance to meet her in person at the meeting. Um, I I swear, we had there was a conference call where I swear what happened is she was away from the phone for a little bit. And she came back. She says, "Sorry, I had to step away for a little bit. Um, there was a shooting, um, and I had to see if I could help with uh, what was going on." And then she's what? like, "The most, oh, okay, like just like a really like, like it, yeah." And and what and what I found out at what I found out at the meeting is like part of the reason why she's such such a calm headed and cool badass is she's part of the Uniform Public Health Service, right? Oh, which are our people, our colleagues from FDA and I think FSIS and EPA. Um, who are uh, they wear uniforms, right? They're part of the Uniform Public Health Service. They wear uniforms. Um, so they are they're they and I, I don't know, they're just an impressive bunch of people. And I mean, Charles Otto was part of that um, bunch of bunch of folks, Wendy Fanisell from FDA. Um, yeah, just a, just, a, just a really, a really impressive bunch of people. Oh, that's that's awesome. Um, I'm uh, I'm a big fan of our um, thank you for your service. Uh, uh, people in uniform that help us in the world of food safety. Yeah, because. Uh, because you know what's what's really fun about that is that the most of the time when we're we see them in their official like uniform garb and then every once in a while I might see them not in their uniforms out at a bar afterwards mm-hmm. and I'm like oh you you're the same person but you're wearing different clothes which I know yeah. seems you're, really you're weird your civvies you're just wearing your civvies here yeah that's not uh not not the dress that that we would uh, um expect to see uh so anyway I'm a yeah, that's that's great okay Don, um, we, we're going to revisit something that we have talked about, but the definitive answer has come up and I don't know if you're aware of it. Um, do you know that the, the debate on whether to refrigerate or not refrigerate your butter, the battle is over enough is enough. Are you aware oh. of this? It's wow. Uh, no, I, I wasn't aware of that. I, who declared the battle over? Well, uh, I, I, I mean, you're I'm gonna, you're going to have to take a look at the article. I would say that there were a number of people that are part of this. I don't know if it came down officially from, um, like I, again, our uh, uh, our uniform people in the public health service that the war is over uh, or not. But apparently, we've not, we've stopped mobilizing troops towards this 
this uh, battle, this refrigerated butter battle. Enough is enough. Um, so Christina Peterson is the the uh, journalist who wrote this for the Wall Street Journal. Um, and and then there was uh, someone who I I, I I don't know, Joelle Mertzel. Um, and and again, I I just need to read the first sentence of this because it's a there's a little nugget of 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 fun in here that I think is written just for me, Don. Butter evangelist mm-hmm. Joel Mertzel is spreading the word. Get it? Mm-hmm. Spreading the word. Like you'd spread butter? Because it's butter. Yeah. Butter. It's spreadable. Nice. It's very, yeah, yeah. If it's soft, it's spreadable. Um, so the 49-year-old small business owner, author, and mother of three is on a mission to convince American households and federal officials that it's safe and preferable to keep butter at room temperature instead of refrigerated, particularly for those with the taste of buttered toast. This is an interesting mission. Um, her chaotic crusade would liberate butter sticks from a lifetime in the cold. It's it's so well written, Don. I love it. Moving from refrigerated trucks to the chilled dairy case of grocery stores to built-in refrigerator cubbies. Enough is enough, said Ms. Mertzel, who lives in the Northridge neighborhood of Los Angeles. I want to eliminate confusion about putting butter on the counter. She uh, her she said her epiphany came one morning 14 years ago. She'd forgotten to put away the butter the night before and discovered how easily it was to spread. My life was changed in so many ways at the at that <laughs> moment. I just can't tell you, Don, that I read this. I, I didn't know it was the Wall Street Journal. I got to this point in the article and I thought it was an onion story. I thought like for sure that my Apple News had spit me the yep. something from the onion. So she wrote a children's book, Change Your Life for the Butter. Developed a line of counter hop holders with flip top lids. Um, food safety scientists say that butter, this is also from the article, usually doesn't require constant cold. Butter's made from pasteurized, butter made from pasteurized cream is safe to store at room temperature for a stretch because it's high fat content and low moisture, among other reasons. Salted butter, butter tends to stay fresh longer. Yet, getting a definitive answer from the government's butter bureaucracy has been a slippery endeavor. And so this is the best part. Um, she has petitioned FDA to to issue official guidance that butter could be safely kept out of the refrigerator room temperature for for three weeks. I don't think that's going to happen. Um, the agency's guidance for restaurants and the food industry advises keeping butter out of the fridge for no more than four to six hours. I don't like that's not entirely true um, because there is information that FDA has in a guidance document for restaurants that suggest that butter salted butter specifically is not a tcs food and does not need refrigeration but whatever oh really yeah yeah so there's yeah i think we've talked we talked about it in the risking okay. episode about but- okay. butter refrigeration yep um so anyway it, it seems like Ms. mercel is really into this she sent uh samples of four brands of butter to a lab for testing um and what did they find on no signs of spoilage after three weeks of storage at 68 to 77 degrees Fahrenheit. That is not maybe the study I would have run. Um, maybe you could, maybe you could talk about a challenge study now. Yeah. 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 yeah you could, you could. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's, that's, I mean, you know, Miss Mertzel, I mean, props to Miss Mertzel, but um, yeah, who's not the same as Miss Maisel. That's a different show. Oh, uh, you made my joke. This, I, the show title for today is the fabulous Miss Mertzel. So <laughs> I, <laughs> It's already, um, it's already done. Yeah. But yeah, but I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, you could do a challenge study. In fact, people probably have done a challenge study. I've not looked into the Google Scholar to see 
what we know about butter. But again, probably just go see our episode, our risky or not episode on the topic, right? We probably did a, a pretty deep enough dive with that. We did, we did. Yeah. And 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 I think where we cited there was salt, salt matters, right? And right. um, so uh yeah, we were we were two not riskies on that, and we'll link to this in, in show notes. This goes way back in the midst of the pandemic. Um, where uh, it was uh, episode 41 of Risky or Not, uh, butter at room temperature. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, Don, the, the, I, I only, I, my only uh, quibble, is that the right right word here? My only, mm-hmm. my, my only argument here with the article is that if, if the battle was over, right, then we wouldn't have to go on a mission anymore. So, but- Enough is enough. I guess the battle wages on. And actually, maybe I misread the article headline, which is the battle over refrigerating butter. Enough is enough. Not the battle is over on refrigerating butter. I added a couple extra uh, words in there. Right. Right. Yeah. And what I, what I will say is, you know, if you want spreadable butter when it comes right out of the fridge, and again, uh, I'm, I'm not a consultant for them. I don't make any money off this, but um, uh, Lando Lakes has a butter with olive oil and sea salt that is really good and also is quite spreadable right out of the fridge. So yeah, uh, just yeah. a, just a, a, you know, shout out for that. Oh, uh, and then finally um, one more thing. Um, and again, I don't want to, I don't want to pronunciation um, shame people. Um, but would you, would you say again for the listeners, how you say the word Q U I X O T I C. Chaotic. The the it it's quixotic. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, that's not how I would would pronounce yeah. it. But you, uh, you, yeah, you go yeah, ahead. I, what? <laughs> yeah. You you do your you do you. Well, let, let me. Uh, I I probably uh you probably can't hear this, but back click. Oh wait, allow Google to use your microphone. I suppose. Um, oh, oh, it wants me to practice it. No, I don't. Oh, you pray. You pray. I, I'm the one who needs to practice it. Is what you're saying? Right. Yeah. Okay, I'll send you. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll send you. Oh, you can just you can just Google pr- uh, quixotic pronunciation or however you say it pronunciation. I, I think I, I use the French pronunciation. Don being from uh, <laughs> from, from, from from Canada. Uh, Quix, quixotic. 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 Uh, so um, also, can I can I, the, this article just before we leave it? It ends great again. Just I love the uh, love reading this. Um, Ms. Mertel, president of housewares manufacturer uh, Kitchen Concepts Unlimited, takes her cause to trade shows, the butter cause, where she sets up a chalkboard for passers-by to sign if they keep their butter out of the refrigerator. Quote, sometimes they say, well, my aunt does. Ms. Mertel said, I'm like, go put your aunt's name on the board. And I guess well, I like, I mean, I'm, I'm so- all, yeah. What's what's the point of this? I don't know. Okay, I'm not sure because it's because again, if she's looking to publish something in the peer reviewed literature, yeah. having people write down other people's names yes. that's not like that's that's not allowed. That's not that doesn't seem like a valid method. That's yeah, that's kind of where I was going with this. I was like, I you know, I'm I'm here for the battle. I and Ms. Ms. Mertzel, the fabulous Ms. Mertzel, and I are on the same team. We are butter, you know. Like butter, butter room temperature, uh, team team butter room temperature hashtag. Um, but I'm not sure our tactic of 
let's list a bunch of people's names on a chalkboard is going to stand up to the scientific muster that we need to have an official guidance document from, from FDA on this, that it's okay right. for three weeks. Um, right. But yeah, but again, hey, Don, content yet again from Apple News. Um, and, and these, like Apple News knows me, the algorithm hits me with these now. Like I'm not searching um, uh, for this. I'm just getting them in my feed. They know. They know I'm. Right. Oh, I keep. I keep saving everything that's uh, that's food safety related. Um, we had a couple other things. Oh, oh, just oh yeah. one, one, one more thing, just to close the loop on the previous uh, story. I was blanking on her name, uh, but the woman from EPA is Tatcha Blackburn, and uh, she has a a, a, a Zoom uh, page where we can just we'll link to that because I just uh, anyway, she's just great. Excellent, excellent. Um, we had some follow up that uh, that we should probably hit um here let me open up oh do you want to actually do you want to talk about uh um dr freeze and the powerful chat magic i i, I do i do so we got a uh a, a, I guess it was a screen cap via text message but i put it into a word a, a text document so um uh, our friend, uh, dr freeze says playing with chat bots this morning i think this was on a saturday morning um Asked, I asked it to explain the LM expert panel paper as if you're an old wizard and use metaphors of magic, <laughs> which is brilliant, right? Like this is this is why Chat GPT is so great because you can just if you have a clever idea like this, you can just see what happens. Um, I won't read the whole thing because it kind of goes on and on. I mean, it's it's great, but but uh, we'll, uh, we'll 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 I'll read from from a little bit of it here. Greetings, young traveler. <laughs> this paper <laughs> isn't that the best. It really is. This, this paper is a tome of knowledge that delves into the magical realm of food safety. It speaks of a powerful and malevolent force known as Listeria monocytogenes, a dark and cunning bacterium. Props for using bacterium and not bacteria. Um, that can cause great harm to those who consume contaminated food. But fear not, for this paper contains the secrets of warding off this nefarious foe. It speaks of the importance of clear communication, like casting a spell with precise incantations and gestures. And just as a wide, wise wizard would use simple language when teaching novice apprentices, so too must we use plain language when conveying information about food safety. And it, it just goes on. I mean, it's a, it's it was absolutely a delightful thing to read on a Saturday morning. Oh, that's good. That's good. Yeah. okay. So now we're in the Chat GPT session or section of our podcast, which is one of my favorites. Um, so I, I think in the last episode, I told you I did, um, d like do some stuff for graduation. And I, I don't think I told you about, um, about what I asked chat GPT to do, which was to give me a 20 second script for a video message to the 2023 graduates of the department of agricultural and human sciences at NC state university. And I said, be genuine and humorous. <laughs> right. Nice. And right. Right. And so it, it absolutely failed. Um, and I did not use this, but I was like, I was looking for some inspiration. So the, I'm going to read you what it said. Congratulations, 2023 graduates of the Department of Agricultural and Human Sciences at NC State University. You did it. You sowed your way through the challenges and harvested the rewards. I hope you'll all, you're all prepared to cultivate a successful future. Just remember, if all else fails, you can always go back to your roots. Best of luck. And I was like, so on, that's you know, a little I, bit silly. It's over the top. Right. So I right. just said, that's terrible. Can you use less puns? 
ChatGPT <laughs> said, of course, I apologize that the previous response didn't meet your expectations. Here's a more genuine and humorous script for a video message. Um, and so it is a little bit better, um, but it says, um, and at the end of it, and who knows, maybe one day you'll even find a way to make vegetables taste like bacon. And so I did not use that joke at all. Um, but, uh, the, you know, it was like, it's trying, right? Like chat GPT is trying, but this was one where it failed. Well, but, well, you know, you know, here's the thing. Here's the thing, Ben, if you want vegetables to taste like bacon, I have a really, really simple solution. Add bacon to those vegetables, right? What's right. better than a baked potato with some bacon bits on it? How about, how about roasted, um, Brussels sprouts with bacon, with bacon, right? I mean, there's like, you don't need to make the vegetables taste like bacon. You just need to add a little bit of bacon to the vegetables. It's like Chad GPT has never eaten anything. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, um, oh, sorry. Yeah. So just, but I, I apologies for interrupting the, uh, the, the AI portion of the show. I do have to say, I posted on Twitter, um, the episode of risky or not that, that came out today. Um, and of course I used Dolly art and, um, it was about, uh, AI recipes. And so, um, and, and what I got the idea I wanted, I wanted, I thought about drawing me a picture of an AI writing a cookbook, but then what would that look like? So instead I said a picture of a robot writing a cookbook, but then I said to do it in the style of Jean Girard, who's a French artist, also known by the name of Mobius. Yeah. And uh, it turned out really good. It's awesome. It is. So I'm looking at it right now. It is so good. What I love about it is that like, it looks like the dials of the stove, or on the, the <laughs> bottom of the picture, which is where the robot's the little book is. cookbook yeah. is. And but I love the like condiment bottle and what Dolly yep. thinks food looks like. It's so it's so good. <laughs> and and, the, and it looks like like the robot has like a little like a like a like a roach clip for one hand, and like the other hand is sort of looks like it's a holding a piece of fish or something, which it's like it's it's writing a cookbook, but it's also apparently cooking at the same time it's writing the cookbook it has, oh. it's also got like an upper apron and a below apron maybe on yeah nothing, yeah. nothing on the midriff bare midriff apron yeah <laughs> oh so good so good um okay so the last thing i asked chat gpt to do in the last little while was i was sitting in graduation and i was scrolling through um mm. uh this is the like our big big graduation that takes like five hours um, and, uh, you know, there's times where people are getting up on stage, no one's saying anything. So I'm on Twitter and, uh, with someone I follow who probably doesn't listen to the show, but is someone who I actually know in real life, um, posted a picture of, um, of, of their dog with a shell on top of its head, the dog that, that looked mm -hmm. like a hat. And so I thought, well, oh, I'd like to respond to something really witty. But I'm not, I don't have this inspiration today. So I went to chat GPT and said, can you write me five, <laughs> five puns that would be appropriate for a picture of a cute dog wearing a shell as a hat? Oh, my gosh. And so, Don, here they are. Um, number one, looks like this pup's really celebrating today. Number two, I guess you could say this dog's really come out of its shell. Number three, I think this dog's trying to start a new shell trend which I didn't really understand that one. Um, number four, well, this certainly is a possum hat choice. And five, I think this dog's celebrity status just went up a notch. So use ChatGPT well, for your puns. Uh, 
the, the, the I think the last one was the best one. Does was the was the second to last one even had mentioned possum? Yeah, what? but like paw p a w, like a dog has paws. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, not a paw. Okay, yeah. so but it didn't reference the shell at all. It just made nope. a dog joke, but dog the, pun. The dog pun with a hat. Okay. Yeah. So I okay. Up, oh, with I, a hat. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I did end up using one of these. It was number two. I guess you could say this dog's really come out of its shell. Um, and I did not say that it was generated by Chat GPT. Chat GPT. Yeah. But yeah. I think you'll but get I, sued later, but that's okay. I, yeah. Well, sue sue me. Elon Elon Musk will sue me. Um. So anyway, that's there. That's all the Chat GPT I have for you for you today. Mm. Um. Okay. So another follow up. Um. Do you want to talk about um? So, so we have one in here that's OJ is a TCS food, but when I open up the follow-up, it's not what I expected <laughs> yeah. that, that our manuscript, that a manuscript I, has been submitted. I think, yeah. I, I was just looking at like, what the hell did I do there? So I think that's a mistake, Ben. I think I printed the wrong thing. Um, yeah. but, uh, I, oh yeah. Cause I was just trying to print an email message. And I printed the wrong message. So yeah. but, uh, let me, let me, uh, let me let me just uh, find that. Yeah. So this is from uh, this is a message that came in um, from our Squarespace for food safety talk. Um, and it's from Melissa. Melissa writes, I teach serve safe at the uh, WP yeah. WCPSS. Oh. Uh, I, I know what that is. Oh, OK. It's, it's the Wake County Public School System. Oh, OK, cool. That's where my kids um, go to school. Oh, yep. OK child nutrition and occasionally i get questions that i don't have answers to my question today is why is orange juice not a tcs food and <clears throat> what i said was hey this is a great question um ben and i were actually part of a committee that made an issue for the conference for food, food protection to expand the definition of tcs food which would have possibly included orange juice but the <laughs> issue was instead transformed to a committee and and i'm actually really happy about that probably best possible outcome and i i don't know if we've talked about this before on the show we've talked about it is my eyes were open like yeah. i just I, I we we lobbed we lobbed a food safety bomb um into the middle of the count conference 3 floor and uh, about 10 people from industry all jumped on that bomb <laughs> to stop it from going off. And um, it was great. Like that was, it, I mean, that, that was kind of our yeah. goal, right? Like was, was to actually well, no, do that. My, yeah. my goal was to make a simple and naive change to the food code and I got schooled, but, uh, but it's <laughs> okay. So, um, and so I, I guess, and so what I, what I wrote to Melissa is that the short answer to your question is that it's not a TCS food because it's not defined in the code as a TCS food, which <laughs> admittedly is, is, is pretty, pretty poor, uh, logic, but, um, the other thing I know from actually some work I think that Steve Ingham did um, with uh, cider, but it's it's it it it, it, it tracks as well for OJ, um, which is an article from Food Science and Technology International from 2013 um, entitled "Survival of Acid Adapted and Non-Adapted Salmonella Typhimurium in Pasteurized Orange Juice and Yogurt." <clears throat> Why they study those two, I don't know. Um, under different storage temperatures. And my guess would have been, and this this research confirms it, that basically under the acidic conditions that are present in orange juice, salmonella can't grow. And in fact, under conditions where an organism can't grow, it's going to die. And if it's going to die because of kinetics, it will die faster 
at elevated temperatures. And so if you want to keep the salmonella around in the orange juice, you refrigerate it. If you want to kill it off, you raise the temperature. So it's absolutely not a TCS food, um, but you might want to refrigerate your orange juice for, for quality. Certainly if you, if you store it at room temperature, it's not, it's, it's pasteurized, it's not sterile. And so it will, it will eventually spoil. It might even ferment, um, which would probably not be a good thing to give to kids um, in the uh, Wade, uh, Wade County or any other Wake. county, uh, yep. Wake, Wake County Wake, uh, Wake. public yep. school. Yeah. yeah. Woke, Woke County. Woke. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. No, I, 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 like, absolutely. I think that, that that's exactly the way that I would uh, uh, approach it as well. And that um, it's like, you know, like you said, we, we know that there's been survival of salmonella and orange juice. Oh, for sure. It's um, caused outbreaks, yeah. right? It's caused yeah. outbreaks. Yeah. But, <clears throat> but the issue with TCS foods is, is, is temperature going to be a factor, right? Like right. having right. it there, we, we, we know that it can get there, but, but will it get worse? And in fact, like you said, exactly. over time, it's actually going to get be- right. less risky if yeah. you hold it at room temperature. So yep. yeah, no, it's good. That's a good one. And so, I mean, this is, Again, going back to my 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 semen a nap uh, mm-hmm. um, lecture mm-hmm. earlier today, uh, this is why I think why we do these things, right? Like we we open up this this box of people to ask us questions, um, and not just us, but other extension specialists of like, okay, n- okay, I'm not gonna just like accept that it's a, a non TCS food. Why? Can someone just tell me why? Then I can explain it to others, and and I right. I'm glad we we fill that um, fill that role sometimes. Um, so, so I, right. I had just uh, uh, one last bit of f- feedback that, or follow up that I, or feed follow fo- follow 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 back. Um, follow back. One more follow bit. Up. Yeah. One more bit of uh, follow up. Um, which is from a longtime listener, Deep State, um, who also goes by Sue, uh, and she she writes to us. Uh, I and my partner use quite a bit of pepper in most of our cooking. I have a cheap disposable pepper mill that I've refilled once and intend to one more time. Um, mine is stored upright and capped, and I can report I've never seen mold growing in or around the grinder or one of the peppercorns themselves inside the grinder. And I would say I also have a grinder. <clears throat> mine is not cheap. Mine is probably from OXO, um, and it's a, it's a really nice grinder. Um, uh, uh, and, and I've never seen mold either. Uh, and so Sue goes on. Uh, interestingly, I know there may be mold spores on the pepper in that grinder. Sure. At one point I needed to fill my ceramic salt and pepper shakers. They're, they're little owls. Oh, and they didn't have pre-ground irradiated pepper. So I ground up some of the pepper mill it ground up. I ground up some out of the pepper mill into a clean bowl and filled the shaker a few months later in the warm humid months of summer the pepper wouldn't come out and when i opened it to figure out why it was quite moldy filamentous uh-huh. and white to green blue and so that is really interesting um and she writes further uh, granted i recognize uh, mold spores could have come from simple exposure to the environment but it's likely they're already on the pepper i agree yeah exposure to the warm moist environment allowed them to grow i agree with that as well uh dump the moldy part Moldy product, more of a scrape. Washed it with detergent and hot water. Uh, bleached it, but maybe bleached it, but don't remember. Allowed it to dry thoroughly several weeks before refilling with pre-ground irradiated pepper. So far, no no mold growth. And she poses this as a risky or not question. Um, and the risky or not question would be, is it risky or not to continue to refill that particular grinder um, with 
given the above info, uh, should I not be such a cheap ass and just dispose of it instead of refilling it? I don't think I don't think there's any problem with refilling that dispenser with pre-ground pepper. I'm trying to figure out like why it got moldy in the first place. And I'm sure that if you ground pepper with your pepper mill and then you maybe dried it for 24 hours, like spread it out and let it dry, it shouldn't get moldy, right? Yeah, um, yeah. And so, and or maybe there's something about, and again, we don't know the details on the ceramic pepper maker. Maybe it's it, that ceramic pepper maker um, has the capability to absorb moisture and maybe release it into the pepper. So even though the pepper was dry, maybe it's getting rehydrated from the ceramic. Because again, ceramics, depending on how they're, treated if they're not glazed right it could it could absorb moisture and it should you know leach into the pepper i mean it may have been because it was um humid but i mean you know I, i'm assuming sue's probably has house is probably air conditioned so um but but yeah i mean yeah. i don't i don't but again i don't think it's risky or not but i just thought it was i just thought it was really interesting because i was just sort of like I think I don't I have to go back and listen to the episode on on pepper, but I, I think I was probably like, oh, it's it's ridiculous that it would never get moldy, but but obviously it can, and I appreciate Sue pointing that out to us. Yeah, well, and okay, so I've got I've got some thoughts on on this one, mm. and again, not knowing Sue and Sue's partner at all, I could see, and and again, I I, I talk about um, this from um, my household's perspective. Things happen, Dawn, where. I don't know, someone's using a, like a pepper grinder and then they are 12 or 14 year old idiots and they drop it into something that might be water. And then they're like, Oh, what do I do now? And they're like, nothing. I'll just leave it here and, and hope for the best. Exactly. And, and that, that like to cause to have that much moisture in there, I agree with you. Like all of those things, it's unlikely coming from the pepper, the humidity, like you would have to have a really, really humid situation. And I just don't like, I just can't see that. Um, I feel like it, it just got water and moisture in it and it got trapped in there because it's ceramic. Um, so something, something happened like dropping it or, or maybe like knocking it into the, the, um, a, a sudsy, um, like a, a sink full of, of dishes or something like that. So, yeah, but yeah, really interesting one As always Sue's one of, one of our listeners that we've had a, a, just the pleasure of meeting in person at IAFP last year and, and just, a, a, just a constant, um, uh, you know, source of great questions and great dialogue. So shout out to Sue for, um, for a great, great, great message. Yep. Um, Hey, so you, I think maybe I did put in an, uh, an article, an MMWR article about a multi-state outbreak of salmonella Thompson linked to seafood. Did you put it in? Did you want to talk about this? Or I do think you wanna... I did. I, th yeah. I think I did. I can't remember. <laughs> I can't remember why I put it in. Yeah. Um, well, I'll let you, let me talk a little bit about it. Um, okay. while, while we, while you might think about it. So, um, sure. Uh, so the CDC MMWR, and I, we've said this on the website or on the website. This isn't a website. This is a podcast. We've said this on the podcast numerous mm -hmm. times. As uh, oh, I, sorry, I unplugged my microphone. You may. I, I hear that. Yeah, I. I don't know why I did that. I like, like. Hang on. Let's make sure I get the microphone back. Uh, okay, it should be good, right? Yeah, it's it's good. Yeah. 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 Um, I just grabbed the cord and unplugged it. Like no, no reason. Um, so, uh, <laughs> I can't explain to you, Don, why I just did that. I just did it and then found it in my hand. And this is, this is why people 
like end up committing crimes and not remembering why they did it. Uh, <laughs> it just it just happened. Um, so um, we we've talked about how much we love MMWR. MMWR has added something through their their posts in the last like I would say five years, as far as I can remember, is in their summary. They're adding in what do we already know about this? What's added by this report? What are the implications for public health? So let me give you those. Um, so this outbreak, uh, Seminole Thompson's relatively uncommon serotype, um, and not associated with seafood. Previous outbreaks have been associated with beef, chicken, vine stock, and leafy vegetables. What's added by this report? Well, in May to October 2021, 115 people in 15 states got sick with Seminole Thompson. Most reported seafood consumption in Colorado. The outbreak strain was identified as a single seafood distributor and processor in Denver, where opportunities for cross-contamination due to inadequate sanitization were identified. Implications, cleaning practices at processing facilities must prevent cross-contamination. Multi-agency collaboration to provide food safety information during a product recall is essential to ensure the disposal of all recalled products. Um, and so, yeah, shout out to um, to the great folks at both CDC and in uh, the state of Colorado who are all uh, co-authors um, on this. Um, was was there anything that, that stuck out to you about this? No, I really can't remember why I put it in here. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I really, I just really can't remember, but um, I got yeah. one for it. I got one for you that okay. I want to talk about. Sure. Um, from the, cause I, I, you know, I'm, I'm cer certainly I'm interested in epidemiology, the epidemiologists who listen to the show don't get offended by this, but what I really scroll to immediately is the environmental health investigation. Cause I care about how it happened, not yeah. that we solved it. Right. Um, so on September 22nd, 2022, FDA performed a seafood HACCP inspection with environmental sampling that implicated uh, at the implicated distributor and processor facility. The outbreak strain was identified in 13 of 132 environmental swabs of the facility's floor and floor drains. Uh-oh, that's a lot. Ooh, that's a lot. Right? Yeah. The inspection also identified several opportunities for cross-contamination of raw fish, including the use of high-pressure hoses that produce backsplash onto fresh product. Uh-oh, double uh-oh. Um, so this is like, this kind of stuff amazes me because this processor knew at the time that they were part of an likely outbreak. Right. And so if I was, uh, maybe more nefarious is not the right words to use here, but if I was like, Hey, FDA is coming out to do an inspection here because they think we're linked to an outbreak. I would probably walk through my process and be like, Hey, are we spraying any like, floor water onto raw raw product that, that maybe we shouldn't do that while while this inspection's happening right like it, but <laughs> but but maybe maybe but also when i read stuff like this i may i i think that maybe because they don't have people that are doing food safety on site that they aren't even thinking about this like the way that we are right like this seems pretty like easy to see now it doesn't say that that was the source we will never know the source of the outbreak but that's certainly not a good practice um that we would want to see uh at all um so yeah uh gosh i don't know yeah the uh oh no um other substantial findings include insufficient sanitizer concentration condensation dripping on product contact surfaces 
and using gloved hands to remove water from floor drains without changing gloves after contact with the drains. It's probably probably not a good idea, right? To do that? Probably not. So, yeah. Yeah. So, I, and again, when these outbreak investigation um, uh, like reports hit MMWR, I hope that other seafood processors and distributors read this and be like, are we doing any of this stuff? Like, can mm -hmm. someone just right. walk around and see if this is something that we would see? Because certainly this is a, this is a playbook of not what, of what not to do, but also what FDA would be looking for if they ever did show up here for, for um, uh, an inspection. So yeah. Um, trying to think. Anything, anything else Th that might be a show, unless there's anything else that you want to talk about. No, it's just bugging me why I can't remember why I put this in here. <laughs> you want, do you want me to ask chat GPT why Dom put that in? I no. don't know if chat GPT will help us, but no, it's okay. Um, that's all right. Maybe you, and anything I just talked about didn't trigger. That was it. No, it didn't. It didn't. And it's weird. Cause I've, I looked in my email history and I looked in my web history and it just, it just, it, I, I put it in, it was the same day that we recorded a, a whole batch of riskier knots. And I, right. and I put it in after I had finished that, um, uh, dealing with that. So, um, yeah, I, I just, it was, it was, I was, uh, yeah, I was, I was shopping for wine and then I was, uh, reading <laughs> something from the Lincoln project and then, um, uh, Googled Bagel Boss for some reason, and then uh, Hay Press, which I know we Googled because that was the name of my wine. And so that happened in the midst of all of that. So yeah. uh, not really, not really sure. Um, yeah. I guess maybe, maybe something to do with it. It's a relatively uncommon type associated with seafood, and yeah. that it was traced back to a distributor. I mean that that those are, you know that that's maybe w why it's in there. But uh, yeah, it's a head scratcher. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and and also like, you know, uh, the products that would be in there, tuna and salmon, um, I, I guess primarily, those are the two that were identified in the outbreak. They're not like uh, things that, that typically naturally would be associated with salmonella, right? Like right. the, the contaminations come from <laughs> somewhere in the process, other things that are there um and but having like having nine out of a hundred what was it nine out of 180 um swabs or nine out of 120 swabs nine out of 133 yeah. swabs it's a lot like there's a lot of that and it's the outbreak strain right like that right that almost never happens where it's right. like okay it says there's a legit like a smoking swab uh which would right. have been the that would have been the show title for today's show um if we didn't have the fabulous uh miss miss martzel uh, yeah yeah, I think uh, that it, it was just I think it was what what intrigued me is it was just a yeah, because it was it was from it was from this most recent MMWR. Yeah, I yeah. think it was just it was just a weird one because of the uh because of the 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 etiology, right? Um yeah, it's yeah, I that's that's gotta be it. Anyway. Well, well there you go. Um I think this has been another uh <laughs> food safety talk. Uh bye. 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 <laughs> Bye. <laughs>
remember you have a you got you're meeting with someone at four, right? No. Oh, no, you're not. No. I, I don't. I don't think so. Um, oh, I thought you were meeting with like a, a someone you like a faculty member you were mentoring or something or. That was another day. Maybe that was when we that, was, that was another day. Risky not. Yeah. Okay. No, for some reason we. I, yeah, I had put I put booked this for three hours. Just uh, yeah, me too. In case we needed to start late or something. Yeah. Well, and I I booked it for three hours. I gotta. Um, I have time. I have to go get the dog's nails trimmed at four thirty. That's it. Oh, nice. Do you do you do that your yourself? Like no. So no, we awesome. don't we don't do it because they won't let us do it. They've yeah. actually lately at the kennel when we take them, uh, the the groomer at the kennel has gotten to where she can do it. Um, so, but I don't know if she did it the last time. So it kind of it just kind of depends. But no, we just we just let them get long and you know let them scratch on the sidewalk and <laughs> hope for the well, best. We we do, but but he doesn't walk enough. To yeah. like, like to to grind them down. So we every once in a while they just get long. So I got to and we cannot do it. And now they've had to start to muzzle him. Like he yeah. doesn't like it at all. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. so we like, I got to take him to the vet. Like I oh, can't yeah. even take him to the yeah. to a like a groomer. Groomer. Like, yeah. Yeah. They're like no go. So yeah. Anyway, I got to do that. Um. All right. Let us look. Oh, hey. So I learned something today. This What's is that? for our uh, after show listeners. Um, remember when a while back when you're going to Japan, um, and I'll tell you the dates that you're going to Japan, I think, mm-hmm. um, it, it is around, uh, June, let's say 11th to 13th or so. Is that correct? I believe so. I will yeah. double check. Yeah. I'm not going, um, to, to Japan, to Japan, but I am going to Afto because, um, apparently, uh, I, I agreed without you to, to record an episode of food safety talk on Sunday, June uh, 11th. At, oh at yeah. I, that happened a while ago. And, oh yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, uh, I said I was not uh, going to be able to go because I had already, I thought I would yeah. be in Japan and indeed I'm, I'm on my way to Japan on the 11th. So yeah. Yeah. And I will <laughs> be there. So I think what I'm going to do um, for this is because they did a really good job recording for us last time. Remember they, they had right. like, so I'm going to, I have not talked to Steve about it, but oh, I'm going to interview Steve. Yeah. Well, I'm just going to interview Steve. I'm going to just have a revolving, you know, get like, oh, I'm yeah. going to do this like, uh, like Conan O'Brien. Like it's nice. going to be, yeah. Like I'm, I'm going to do a monologue and, and then I'm going to have a bunch of guests and maybe like a couple of games and bits. So that I don't know. Perfect. I don't, yeah. I, I say that now. I don't think I'll actually do that because that, that all in, involves work. Work. Um, right. Yeah. But, but okay, just, a version of that with less work. Yeah. Yeah. Less work version where I'm just, I just wing it. So anyway, we'll have, so just so you know, that's on the list. That could be like a very special episode um, that I'll record June, June 11th. But, um, but we have to, like another one before that um, to do. And I still have not posted the last episode, but I did do all of the, um, I did everything except for the little like blurb, but I just haven't done it. Um, but everything else is done on the last episode. It's all, it's all edited and ready to go. Cool. So, so I will definitely take time to do that today. Get this one up next week sometime, probably. So do you want to look at the week of the 29th? Sure. Um, I could do, I could do like one to three on the 31st. I could do any time the morning on on June first before noon. 
Yeah, let's do let's do one to three. I have a, a hard out at three, but that should still work. All right, let's do that. Yep, that'll that'll be just and fine. that and honestly, I can blow it. That can be late to that three o'clock meeting. It's not something important. So yeah, I I've got an out, but same thing. It's not uh, not a hard out. All right, cool. Good. Oh, and so do you want um on the department head buddies? Um, mm. we meet not next time is June 2nd. Do you want me to add you to the invite list? Yeah. Yeah. If you would. Yep. I will. It's, um, it looks like we might not <clears throat> even do that one. Cause Brene actually, well, let's do the July one. Um, cause Manpreet and, and Renee are both not, they've already declined that event. Okay. So, um, yeah, so it'll be the next one's July 7th. Yep, that's fine. Okay, I'll invite you to that. Cool. What time cool. do you do it? We do it. Oh yeah, ten thirty on Fridays. Okay, that that yeah. should be fine. I have my lab meetings are eleven thirty on Fridays, but we you yeah. guys talk. For we just talk for nah. We talk for like half an hour. Okay. Perfect. Yep. And if you like, we can always move it. Um, okay. Too. We no, just kind of like fine. randomly picked a time. Oh, that's fine. No, ten thirty is fine. Cool. Okay, I'll add you to those. Thanks. Awesome. All right. Have a good rest of your day. Thanks. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.